You know, it's been kind of a crazy week this week. I think, uh, you know, if you just look at, and, and God dropped this sermon on my heart, believe it or not, Friday night. So I did a lot of changing in my direction really quick. So, and I got a lot of information I want to get in here, so I'm going to go kind of quick. So everybody kind of stay with me. But if you look at what's happening around our world, there's a lot of crazy things. I mean, the shootings in Florida, the the shootings in California, senseless shootings. And I mean, let's bring it even a little closer to home, right here in Hertzboro. I mean, last week, uh, Michelle's dad there, his best friend, got shot in a restaurant while just having breakfast. Senseless murder. I think four people were shot and two died. John passed away yesterday afternoon. Just senseless murders. It's just, you know, it, and, and then let's bring it even closer. Friday we had the shooting at the mall. Senseless. Right there at the Auburn Mall. Right here in Auburn Mall. I get a phone call from my daughter. There's been a shooting at the mall. What? You know, I'm ready to go down there and take somebody out, you know. But, you know, that, you know, I try to put a little laughter in that to, to make this a little easier to hear. Because if you sit back and you just look at the news constantly and constantly feed yourself on that, you think evil is taking over. And evil is taking... And listen, evil is gra- grow, uh, grabbing ground, making progress, all right? But listen, don't just get so caught up in feeding on all that. All right, what you're doing when you do that is you're feeding your spirit, all right? You're feeding your spirit on the fear that's in the world, all right? And the only thing that 90% of the news agencies show is death, destruction, and defeat. And they want you feeding on that. They want you feeding on that and living in fear. Amen? Anyway, I'll get into that a little bit more later. But what I wanted to talk about was, and I guess if you want a title for this sermon, it would be staying positive in a negative world. Because if you look at everything that goes on, and in our human nature, for the most part, people who are not Christians... We live in a negative world, all right? I think we all could agree on that. We live in a negative world, but we have a choice, all right? And it all starts with your attitude, amen? Ooh, now I see you squirming in your seats. Now listen, I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm not here to point a finger at anybody, but I want you to understand something. Without the right attitude, all right, you'll never, never be a positive person. And and listen, your attitude and your faith in God go hand in hand, all right? They go hand in hand. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest limiters or the greatest releasers in your life as far as success is concerned is your attitude, your attitude. As a matter of fact, you could say it's the most important aspect in life when it comes to determining success in your life. Are you going to quit? Are you going to stay in it to fight? Are you going to fight it all the way through? Other than just your simple faith in God. You understand? And William James, he's a psychologist, a philosopher that I read sometimes. He said this, it's, this is really great. He says, the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by simply altering their attitudes. Amen. Your attitude, staying positive in a negative world, it's going to require you to have the correct attitude. Amen? Now, I know this isn't a run-around, jumping sermon. It's kind of hard to follow that with this one. There's a lot of information here, but please stay with me and take it in because it's going to be good for you. Amen? It's going to be good. An attitude is a mental state relative to what you believe 
all right? And it affects your whole life. It affects everything around you. And listen, you show, I don't have to, I'm going to tell you this anyway, you should know this, but you show your attitude with your words and your actions, all right? What's in you comes out, amen. But remember this, attitudes are contagious, all right? You take a good kid and you put him in school, and he may not have any friends, and he meets two or three bad guys, all right? Seems like the bad people always take on the new ones first, but if he stays with those bad guys within three weeks, three or four weeks, they're going to pull him down. They're going to pull him down to their level, all right? But then on the other hand, who's ever been around somebody that's so positive, kind of like Mindy? You can't hang around Mindy long, all right? And you're going to, she's so full of life, you know? She's going to pull you in, huh? They're positive. She's positive. She's not feeding on the negative in every situation. Amen? And so what's the best way to have a positive attitude? Surrounding yourself with positive people. Amen? Surrounding yourself with positive people. Listen, positive people have this magnetic influence. All right? And it attracts people. It draws people to them to accomplish what God has put in their life to do. Amen? And I know you've seen this. I've been on mission trips before. And when I've led them, and when you lead them, you always look for that person, that one positive person, and that's who you want to lead the team. You know, that's who you're looking. You're checking it. Because generally when we do these trips, people are coming from all over the country, so you don't really know them all. So you spend a little time with the group, and you watch, and you see. And listen, when you see that positive person, you're like, that's the one. Because when you put them up there, everybody in it, it, Everybody with the group may be looking at, man, there's no way we can build this. But he's like, oh, we're going to build it. We're going to accomplish it. We're going to succeed. And you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to knock you out. But listen, over time, he's going to pull you in. He's going to convince you of what he believes in his heart. Amen. All right. He's got a can-do attitude. All right. You've got to learn to develop that. <laughs> listen, you've got a choice about your attitude, just like the Israelites. When, after God took them out of Egypt, Put them in the wilderness. They had a, in the wilderness. They had a choice. Now you can sit, and I'm going to get a little in your business here on this one. You can sit and just dwell on what's happened in your life. You can sit and be critical of what's going on in your life. You can sit and complain about the circumstances that go on in your life because we live in a fallen world. All right, you have a choice. You can either do that, or listen, or you can look at this with the faith of a positive attitude, understanding the God, the one that created you and I in this very world that we live in, the one understanding by faith with a positive attitude, knowing that he's still in control and he's still doing work in this world. Amen. Glory to God. Staying positive in a negative world. Amen. And look, <clears throat> I'm going to touch just a little bit on this. Uh, it's, it's really popular right now for everybody to blame their actions on past experiences. All right, I did this. I couldn't help myself. I did this because I was abused as a child. I, was, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I grew up in the projects. Come on. That people have a tendency to look at that and blame them, blame their actions on that. Listen, that's, that's so far from the truth. You can't do that. That doesn't give them permission to do whatever it is that they do. I mean, that is one of the number one topics on talk shows right now. I mean, you even have psychologists dealing with people, planning this in their minds to justify why they are the way they are. Because people want to look at it. Instead of just looking to Jesus, 
They look to the world to fix their problems, all right? So then people start to look at those reasons and say, wow, that's why I can't achieve. That's why I can't be a success. No, that's why I'm held back in life, because of where I came from. Well, let me tell you something. I came from there. I came from nothing. We didn't have, I didn't know I was poor. It's like Kevin said the other night. I didn't know I was poor. I was just just living. But look, we didn't have anything. But listen, my attitude and my determination to stay in it, to win it, press forward, keeping my eyes on the mark, all right? Come on. That's the kind of attitude you got to have. And listen, if you've been mistreated, and I think everybody sitting in here at some point has been mistreated. And some of those have been mistreated worse than others. Myself included, all of us. Listen, God had a simple solution. He had a solution, and that's called salvation. Because listen, at salvation, when you chose to accept Christ, what happened? You became a new creation. A new creation in Christ. What does that mean? That means the past is gone. It's gone. It's out of here. God doesn't look back on it, so why do we? Amen. Glory to God. Come on. Let me ask, are you going to let that what happened in the past continue to control you for the rest of your life? No. Listen, you can be healed and you can be delivered. The same Jesus that can heal wounded bodies can heal wounded spirits. Amen. Glory be to God. That's when you get in the Word. I don't know why I'm going on this, but you get in the Word. You dig in. Look, that goes back to what the foundation that we've been laying. The importance of reading your Word. Listen, you're never going to hear a Sunday go by where I don't tell you how important it is to read the Word because it's important. You've got to get it on the inside of you. But when this is happening, you get in that Word. You get in that Word. And then you use the confession, the power in your Word. You speak positively over your life and you tell that devil, you get out. This is where you get off. Boom, I'm kicking your butt. You're out of here. All right? And you determine, you confess, this will not be a crutch in my life anymore because my, posit- my attitude is going to take me forward. My positive attitude is going to be where I'm going, the success that's going to come, and what God puts in your heart to do. Understand, God's going to give you, look, goes all the way back to understanding when God is speaking to you. He tells you what it is that he wants you to do. You understand that, okay? And then you have the right attitude to stand in faith and to stay positive, keeping your eye on where you're going. Because listen, you may look at that and think, that's impossible, I can't do that. Well, guess what? Maybe not on your own, you can't do it but where God guides he provides amen keeping a positive attitude that's the only way you're going to stay positive in a negative world amen look I don't care what your past was like I can't get off of this but your future is bright with God amen it's bright with God I need you shining I need you, from what you learn in here, I need you taking it out and I need you shining you got to stand out you got to be different from the world amen all right Learn to turn those negative excuses into positive reasons for achieving. All right? And you may be thinking, uh, well, let me tell a little story here. People can look at situations and have two different people can look at a situation and have two totally different, same situation, have two totally different perspectives. All right? Just take like Keith back there. (laughs) Keith comes to church. It's raining this morning. Keith's not happy. Keith gets to church. He can't get his parking place. Now he's got to park out on the back side of the grass. Keith's really not happy. Now Keith's walking into the church in the rain. His shoes are all muddy. His pants are wet. The awning drips water down his shirt right there, you know. And he comes on in. Keith isn't happy. Keith comes in the door. He looks at the coffee bar. There's five people waiting to get coffee. He can't get his coffee. He's really mad. 
I'm going to the bathroom. He walks around the corner. The hallway's full of people trying to get their kids checked in. Oh, Keith's hot. He's hot. Now, if I forget it, I'm going to sit down. Keith comes in here. Guess what? Cameron's got his seat. His favorite seat. Come on. You know, his favorite seat. He's got that favorite seat. Now, Keith's hot. He's really, he's got his notebook out taking notes now. Now, worship starts. The band gets off me just a little bit. Oh, my gosh, he's writing that down. I come up to speak. I mispronounce a few words, you know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I am from Alabama. All right? <laughs> so he's writing that down, you know. And he, Keith goes out that door, and he's like, man, this church is ridiculous. Why do I even try? He goes home upset, sour attitude. He got nothing from the service, not encouraged to go out and fight the enemy for the rest of the week until the next Sunday. All right? Not a good attitude to have. But now look, you take Miss Lourdes over here. Come on, there's that one prayer warrior in your church, and it's Miss Lourdes. Come on. Everybody knows Miss Lourdes is happy to do anything for the Lord. All right? But now Lourdes comes in here. She gets up this morning. She's all happy. It's raining. Oh, she's praising God. Thank you for the rain. My garden's going to grow. Come on. She gets in here. There's five people at the coffee bar. She She said, look at there. Look at all those people that's going to get some Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. She goes around the corner. The hallway's full. She's doing a cartwheel. She's excited. Now we got 30 or 40 people that's going to get some Jesus today. She comes on in here and it's time to worship. She's communing with her heavenly father. I mean, they could be be up there beating a bongo drum. It wouldn't matter because she's spending time intimately with her father, communing with him, which is what what he created us for anyway. She comes in. And understand, she's prayed up. She's ready. She knows God's coming in here to speak to her. She's just looking for what it is he's got to say. So she's listening to the message. She's taking some good notes. She goes out that door, cartwheels to her car, and she's ready to take on anything the devil throws at her. Come on. She's pumped up. She's excited. Two people, same service, two different perspectives. And by the way, I made all that up by Keith just because he is the youth pastor and who gets picked on the most at any church? The youth pastor. (laughs) He'll get me back. (laughs) Love you, man. (laughs) But listen, two different attitudes. All right? It's all the same service, but they they got the two different perspectives because... One was focused only on the negative, and one was focused on the positive. And and it's a choice. And listen, once you you can't once you get up and you make this choice before you get out of the bed. If you get out of the bed that morning and you start leaning a little bit toward the negative things, come on, it'll just suck you right in. You'll spend the rest of the day looking for everything. Oh, there's no coffee. Oh, my breakfast ain't the way I want it. No, no, no. Come on, it will. Be very careful. Very careful. It's a choice, and it makes all the difference. Know this, Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. All right? Remember this. Very important. Before anything happens outwardly in your life, concerning your attitude, all right? Before anything happens outwardly, something must happen inwardly. Okay? You got to get a change inwardly. You've got to get the Word of God in you. You've got to be feeding on the Word, cultivating that relationship with Jesus Christ, understanding when He's talking to you, understanding when He's telling you to move. Right? You've got to, be, you got to be alert. You've got to be intentional. You've got to know what's happening around you. Amen? All right. I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit for time, but I've got five reasons why your attitude is important. 
All right? Our attitude determines your approach to life. Very simple. It does. Your attitude determines how you're going to handle any situation or circumstances that come against you, whether it be a good circumstance or a bad circumstance. Understand, we live in a fallen world. All right? Not everything that happens against you comes from the enemy. A lot of it is, but we do live in a fallen world, and God gave us free will to choose, and sometimes people make bad choices. All right? And when they make bad choices, sometimes good people get hurt. All right? Your attitude determines your relationship with people. All right? That's kind of a given. All right? And I think everybody in here at some point has had just a bad attitude and ticked somebody off. Well, maybe that's just me, but I'm sorry. I hope you went to them and repented and fixed all that problem. Amen? But it does. It determines your, rela- it, it determines your relationships with people. Now listen, your attitude, like this, is the only difference between success and failure. All right? Success and failure. And let me just tell you a quick story again. Michelle and I own a, a business up on Lake Martin. It's a concierge service. In other words, we take care of second homes for people that own homes at Lake Martin, which they don't live live at. And uh, let me, I guess you know, if you can afford two or $3 million second home, you got a little money, all right? So these people are generally successful. Get that out there. They're successful. But the interesting thing about learning, we've been doing this a long time, is, is I develop a relationship with them, and I get to learn their stories, and the thing that I see repeated over and over in all of their stories, and a lot of these are multimillionaires, some more than that, you know, is really interesting is they're always, their success was based on their attitude to never give up. Listen, they may have went in there and they may have had seven or eight businesses that failed before that one went through and gave them the success. Amen. But they didn't quit. I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. That's so cool, and it's so true. And what it is, most people will try and step out to do something. They'll step out, but the minute they get defeated the first time, the enemy's got them, and they give up. You can't do it. You can't. You stay in it to win it, all right? It's the difference between success and failure. Are you going to see the positive out of every situation, all right? Are you going to see the negative? In other words, the positive, how can this work? How will, what, what will I have to do to make it a success? Are you going to look at just constantly what it's going to take, how it's going to fail? Amen? Your attitude. Also, your attitude, number four, can give you a positive perspective. All right? On everything. And it should. Think about David and Goliath. Same, just similar to the story I just told. The children of Israel looked at Goliath and they said, no, it ain't happening. Dude's a giant. You ain't taking him out. David's a little pipsqueak like me. He said, David was like, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. But what did David say? He said, no, uh-uh, that joker's so big I can't miss. He's going down. All right, his attitude, two different attitudes. And he, <laughs> but he was determined. You've got to have that tenacity about you, that fire in you, all right, and that will not quit attitude. Amen. And listen, I love this one. Your attitude is not automatically good just because you're Christian. Ooh. Boy, yeah. Uh-huh. 
Come on. Your attitude is not automatically good just because you're a Christian. Look, when you're born again, that's great and fantastic. That's what we want for you. But when you're born again, you become a babe in Christ, just like the word says. What does that mean? That means you're not, naturally you're not a child, but spiritually you're a child. And you've got to learn and you've got to go back and it's a growing process. You've got to learn what the word says and how to use this operational manual in your life. Amen. But you've got to make positive choices. Or as Chelsea would say, make good choices. <laughs> Amen. And listen. Okay, I'm going to leave that out for the sake of time. No, I'm not. In order to do this, I'm going to go through it fast. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind. Now, how do you renew your mind? You renew your mind simply by feeding on the Word of God. See, there I go again. It's like, Pastor, why are you talking about me reading my Bible again? Because you need to be reading your Bible again. Come on. I don't care if it's an app or whatever it is. You need to be feeding on that Word of God. Romans 12, 2 tells us, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Listen, the responsibility's on you. You see that? It's right there. God's not going to step in and see that you're conformed. The Holy Spirit's not going to come in and see that you renewed your mind. It's up to you. Don't be like the rest of the world. And listen, as you saturate yourself with this word, all right, you feed on it. You, are you feeding on the negative? No, you need to be feeding on the positive. So you're feeding on the word, not feeding on the news. All right, so your feet, as you saturate yourself, and that word gets in you, your thinking starts to change. And then as your thinking starts to change, your speech starts to think, change. What you're confessing over your life starts to change. Amen? And this is when things start happening in your life. And you hang on in there, and you continue to feed, and you continue to meditate on the word, and you continue to fellowship with your word. All right? And when that happens, you will no longer be able to be a negative person. You can't do it. You can't. Amen? Glory to God. Didn't mean to go off on that. But somebody needed it. All right, I'm going to give you four positive biblical attitudes I think every Christian should have. All right? All right? Number one, and that is mountain attitude. All right, everybody say mountain attitude. Okay, you're awake. Good. All right, and listen, I love the, I think about Caleb in this. I think about his story, and I'm going to read... Uh, no, I'm not. All right, Caleb's 83, mid-80s here. All right, and he says to Joshua, I'm going to just paraphrase this out of Joshua 14 for the sake of time. But anyway, he's, he's, he says to Joshua, give me that mountain. He wants his mountain back, all right? He says, give it here. But understand, the mountain that Caleb wants is fortified by giants. He ain't going to just get it back, you know? He ain't gonna be, it's not going to be easy, all right? But Caleb didn't let his age, he didn't let his challenges, he didn't let anything stop him. Look, he, was, he pressed in, standing in faith, looking at the positive, come on, and the boldness of understanding what God has told him in his word. And he went after it. He went after it. Amen. You should have a mountain attitude, no matter what the enemy... Listen, when, the in, when, when God gives you a plan for whatever it is in your life, whether it may be to start a music store, all right? Listen, I'm sure when Tim started the music store, he didn't know that it was going to be the greatest in America. <laughs> I mean, there was probably some times when you looked at that and thought, "Woo, this is going to be tough. But he could have gave up, but he didn't. He kept pressing in. He kept fighting it out. Look, he may knock the devil down. He may have knocked, knocked him out. He may have took a couple of beats back. But he did. He may have lost that battle, but he won, he's winning the war. 
And it's a day-to-day process. Amen. Glory to God. When that mountain comes in front of you. Mm. Number two, a can-do attitude. All right? And, of course, Philippians 4.13. I think everybody knows this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on. We, everybody quotes it whenever they have time. And that's great. But listen. And you, I think about Paul in this situation. When you look at his life, Paul had a can-do attitude. When you look at everything that he had to overcome and everything that he had to fight it out at, and, buddy, it was rough. There was time, many times, he was almost killed. But listen, he stayed in there. He focused on the positive. Listen, he had a can-do attitude, will not quit, in it to win it. I'm not, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. And he pressed in to the mark. And listen, he did that through the strength that he had in Jesus. Amen. And you can do the same. You can do the same. Amen. Number three, a servant attitude. Now, I started not to put this in there because you guys are awesome. I mean, the, any t- there's almost not a day that goes by at the church that somebody's not up here doing something. Mike spent all day up here the other day with his equipment, moving dirt and putting gravel in to fix our parking lot. Yeah! Thank you, Mike. He's going he's gonna to kill me for that later, but that's okay. We do. We appreciate it, you know, but anyway... I put it in here. Somebody needs to hear this. <laughs> but listen, when you think about servanthood, I th- you can't help but think about Jesus. Come on, the heart of Jesus. Jesus said he came not to be served, but to serve. Amen. Oh, true servant-hearted leadership. Glory to God. I'm like, please give me that. I want that. I want that. Listen, if, if, as Christians, if we truly have the heart for people that Jesus did, Understand, if you truly have that same heart for people, you'll see that in your attitude towards people. Come on, you won't be griping about somebody because of where they dress or where they live or whatever. No, you're going to look at the positive in them, all right, and try to do all you can to share the gospel with them. Because why? That's what Jesus would do. Amen. Now listen, that don't mean you you have to throw common sense out the window and go over into some certain housing project and have somebody stick a gun in your face, you know. You follow God's guidance and follow some wisdom. Amen. All right. Number four, take a risk attitude. Ooh, I love this one. I'm an entrepreneur at heart anyway. But sometimes you got to take a risk. And listen, I can't help but think about Peter on this. Come on, when he got out of the boat, he come on, Jesus, I'm walking up on the water. What would y'all, I mean, you thought, saw a man walking up on water? No, but Peter saw it. Peter said, no, I'm doing this. So Peter stepped out of that boat while all the other 11 disciples sat back in the back. They stayed in their comfort zone. Stayed where they felt safe. They didn't react on fear. All right? But now Peter stepped out and what happened? Peter took a risk and God came through. And listen, he'll do the same thing for you. When God drops something in your heart, I call it windows of opportunity. All right, and I'm going to preach on that at some point. But God gives his people opportunities. It can be a business plan. All right? It can be whatever. Think about this. If you're making $30,000 a year in a comfortable job, all right, but God's got really been putting something on your heart for a few years and you're struggling with, and because it looks like such a large challenge, you're afraid to jump out there and try it. But listen, if you jumped out there 
Because listen, where he's guiding you, he's going to provide you. You may not have the resources in your hand to do it, but if he's behind it, he's going to provide. But when you go out there and you create that business in faith, and he's building it up with you, he's doing it, not you, and he builds it up, now you've got a job that's paying you half a million dollars a year, how much more can you advance the kingdom of God than you can right now? Amen? This is how God's system works. Now listen, if you're... If you're not a person that can take on the, uh, the challenges of starting a business, I'm not telling everybody, please don't go out and just start something, you know. It has to be spirit-led. It has to be led by the Father. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, He can do it. Sometimes you've got to step out of your comfort zone and take risks. Stay in positive in a negative world. Starts with your attitude. Now, I'm going to give you some four attitudes of people in the Bible that I don't think we should have. Amen. All right, number one, the grasshopper attitude. All right, the grasshopper attitude. And the children of Israel, they had this. They had serious inabilities in their mind. And in Numbers 13, I'm going to read this out of the New Living. It says, but the other men who had explored the land, this is the spies, with him disagreed. We can't, excuse me, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are, so they spread this bad report about the land. Among the Israelites, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people there we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Listen, they could have entered the promised land at any time, but they stayed in doubt and unbelief. Amen? And against this problem, they, and against, this, against this situation, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Listen, don't see yourself as a grasshopper. You see yourself as what the Word of God says you are. You are a child or daughter of God. Listen, you have been given power through your words, through His Word, all right, to accomplish whatever it is God is calling you to do. But you've got to have the boldness. In other words, you've got to know this and understand and believe this so strongly in your heart that nothing's going to make you waver. Amen? Don't see yourself as a grasshopper. See yourself as an overcomer. Amen? Glory to God. Number two, negative against God. And I, I have fallen into this, and I'll tell you in a minute. And I think about Gideon. I'm going to read Judges 6, 11 through 13. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said to the Lord, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Watch what Gideon says. He says, wait just a minute. Pardon me, Lord. He said, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why has, where have all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of the Midian. Listen, the Midianites had held the Israelites in bondage for about seven years at this point. All right? And Gideon was done. He was done. Everything that happened to himself and to his people, he'd had it. And he blamed God for it. Listen, don't blame God for what's happened in your life. Don't do it. Listen, when I was growing up, from the time I was born to the time my mother passed away and went on to be with the Lord, there was never a day that went by she wasn't sick. It affected our travel. It affected our finances. It affected everything. When I was in elementary school, I was taught at a young age in sixth grade how to give her emergency shots. When I came home from school, sometimes she would be passed on the floor. I would have to give her the emergency shots. All right? I was angry. I was mad. 
I didn't like this. All right? And, and this went on. I, I held on to that anger. One of the reasons I didn't get saved till later on in life. But after I got saved, I determined to figure it out. So I got in the Word. And I started studying. And I started finding out the truth of where sickness and disease came from. Come on. And I went to God and I repented. Listen, don't blame God for every bad thing that comes across. We live in a fallen world. Amen. We live in a fallen world. And until he come, Jesus comes back, we're going to have to deal with some situations. Amen. All right. Stay on the positive. Number three, juniper tree attitude. Sounds kind of silly. That's the giving up on life attitude. And I, I, I think of Elijah in Kings 19, 3 and 4. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestor. He was done. Listen, do not give up. Please don't have this attitude. Please, I don't want to come have to see you in the hospital because you were praying that your life would be over. Come on, I've done that before for people. Listen, don't let it get that far. If it ever, your life's that bad and you need some prayer, you come to my house and see me before it gets that far. Amen. Do not give up. In it to win it. In it to win it. Stay in positive in a negative world. And remember this. One of the greatest tragedies, I think, in mankind is what dies on the inside of us while we're still alive. All right? What dies on the inside of us while we're still alive? What am I saying? Don't you let those dreams and those ambitions, God put those things in you for a reason. Don't you let them die out because of the negative things that happen in the world. That keep, don't let them keep you in fear to not pursue that. Oh, man, there's been so many people, so many people miss opportunities. Amen. Number four, I'm a victim mentality. All right, I touched on this a little, pretty good a minute ago, so I won't go into it deep. But Adam and Eve both had the victim mentality. He blamed her, she blamed the snake. Come on. You know, typical man, blame the wife, you know. <laughs> Look, take responsibility for your life. But, you know, we're all human and we're all going to screw up. We're all going to make mistakes. What do you do? You know, what happens when you, when you go to punish a kid when they find out what they've done? Generally, they look to see where they can blame somebody else. In other words, I can relieve some of this pressure or what I'm going to have to, consequences I'm going to have to deal with if I pass the buck. Right? Don't do that. Look, you mess up. We're human. We're going to mess up. You own up to it. You deal with the consequences of it. You pray it out and you let God lead you through it. Amen? And you stay in there. You man up to it. Stay in positive in a negative world. I know that one's hard to listen to there. <laughs> listen, make a decision today that you will not let this world dictate what your outcome will be. Listen, your outcome was mapped out by God himself. Glory God himself. And he's already said in his word, he has a, par- a purpose and a future for you. Amen? And listen, your future's bright. I need you shining. I need you to shine. Look, we talked about your realm of influence. All right, everybody's got a realm of influence. And listen, I need you shining in that realm. Shining because we need the people over here that are living in darkness to see that light in you. To see what that is. What happens? They see it. And then it creates a desire and a hunger in them. They want it. And it may take a little bit of time. And then they slowly come to you. And what happens? They start asking questions, which eventually leads to open door, which eventually leads to hopefully salvation. 
Amen. I need you to shine. I need you to shine wherever you are, at work, wherever that may be, the grocery store, out in your house. Come on. I need you shining. Now, I'm going to challenge you with a little exercise. Oh, Pastor, not more homework. Look, this is it's going to be good for you, and it won't take long to do it. But I do want you to do this. I want you to make a list of everything that Satan has told you up to this point as to why you can't succeed. All right? I want you to write it down. In your own time, I'm not going to see this. This is for you. All right? What can that be? Some examples could be, I don't have enough money. And I've heard that so many times. Well, pastor, if I just had a million dollars, look what I'd do for the kingdom. Look, God's just wanting you there with your heart, with your five dollars you got. Come on. Not enough education, not enough time. I just don't have time. Well, what's your focus on? Come on. Bad childhood experiences. I've been abused. I was born on the wrong side of town. I was born into the wrong family. Born into, uh, born at the wrong time. Come on. Look, listen, those are just examples. You may only have three on there. You may have 23. I don't know. But I want you to write it down, and I want you to take just a few minutes, and I want you to look at what, I want you to compare it to what God's Word says. And then I want you to spend the time to do that, and then I want you to make a decision right then. You make a decision right then. Are you going to believe the report that the enemy continues, has been telling you your entire life? Are you going to believe the report that the Creator, that God that's in you. Greater is he that's in this world. Are you going to believe the report that he gives you? Come on. Listen, turn to, learn to turn every one of those excuses into a positive experience. Amen. And listen, there's all, there is a way to stay positive in a negative world. And it's going to sound so simple that you're like, uh, really? But it's simple. Keep your focus and your attention on God and the things of God. Amen. The things that go on in this world are distractions. Remember, we're in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual battle. So anything that the enemy can do out there to keep us distracted from the things of God, he's got us where he wants us. Amen. Keep your eyes on God. Focused on the positive. Standing in faith, standing in His Word. Don't let the world dictate your destiny. Don't do it. Don't do it. Learn to turn every negative excuse into a positive reason for achieving in your life. Amen? And watch what God's going to do. Amen? Watch what's going on. He'll turn what looks horrible into great, great things. Listen, I hope you got something out of that. Uh, and I know it was, it was a lot of information to take in, but listen... I, I think God dropped, dropped that on my heart because, you know, we're, we're dealing with a, a, in a time where there's a lot of evil things, a lot of bad, a lot of senseless killings, a lot of just a lot of lives being lost, and uh, you know, it's a time where we need to reach out. We need to reach out, and we need to understand our focus. Don't get so caught up in that because if you go back and you really study out the statistics of the of the of the progress that Christianity is making is so much greater than that. But listen, that never makes the news. You got to know where to look and know who to talk to to find that information. So see, we're making progress too. They only want to focus on the negative. Amen. Let's pray.
Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord, and I thank you for this opportunity and everybody that came to hear it, Lord, and I thank you for this word and, and the ability to be able to speak it, Lord, and I pray that it moved on somebody's heart, Lord. I pray that they came and they heard and they received, Lord, and I pray that they'll take this out and they'll go out and they'll shine and they'll be your example in their lives, in their job, in their workplace, Lord. And I pray this, Lord, and Lord, as we go forth and as we, as, as we get ready to go out into the world, and to, and to take on the challenges of next week, Lord. Somebody, I want to make sure that nobody in this house doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. So with every head, eye, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray right now. If there's anybody in here that doesn't know Lord, Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you just to simply raise your hand. Raise your hand. And I want to take a little time to pray with you. Good, good. Okay, we're all family. But I want to put this out there also. If you Maybe you've backslid a little bit. If you've backslid and you said, God, my attitude led me to miss it. Look, don't, let's make it right. Don't you leave out these doors. You know, just like Stephen said, it's time for to be real. You know, it's time to be real. This is a real church. Let's make it right. If that's you, if you've got a stronghold you're battling with, and you didn't come up earlier and you say, man, Pastor, I should have come up. I want you to come up now. All right. Thank you, Father. Thank you. All right. Looks like we're all family. Lord, we just praise you, Lord. And we thank you for this service. And Lord, we pray over this church and pray over the future of Compass Church, Lord. And, and, and we just give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.